What's up? Thanks for tuning in to the Keeping Stock Sneaker Podcast. And coming off of All-Star Weekend and packed full of releases from Off-White, Nike Basketball, we even saw the Adidas Easy Quantum Basketball Sneaker roll out. Another collaboration is in works that has lit sneaker internet and the sneaker community on fire and has people feeling a variety of ways. But before we hop into that, I just want to remind you, Keeping Stock is uploaded every Sunday, and I'm giving you a rundown on modern sneaker culture, upcoming releases from your favorite brands, financial analysis, sneaker history, guest interviews, and more in fast-paced 20 to 30-minute podcast episodes. So if you like the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and follow. And next week, we have our first interview coming up with a well-known sneaker customizer. So tune in next week for that episode. Now, with all that being said, let's hop into the main topic. And as we approach spring and summer, the warmer seasons, Supreme has officially announced its lineup and given a sneak peek to some of the releases coming for spring and summer of 2020. And one of the biggest thing that always captures the sneakers community's attention is what sneakers come out or what type of memorabilia or streetwear um, ideas Supreme is pushing with their collections. And they're taking one of the most iconic silhouettes originally released in 1982 by Nike, surprisingly almost discontinued, but revived heavily in the 90s. And this silhouette is the Nike Air Force One. Supreme in the past has done a variety of collaborations on the Nike Air Force. And they've done it on lows, they've done it on highs, they've done it on mids. And so this isn't their first time working with the silhouette, but this is the first time they're tackling the traditional colors of all white and all blacks. And historically, they've done a solid job with these Air Force collaborations. You can tell the touch of Supreme It's a little bit more unique than a model you could buy directly off the shelves. So it has its own twist to the streetwear community. And I mean, when you look at one of their recent Air Force releases from fall and winter of 2018 in November, which was the Comme des Garçons Supreme Nike Air Force One Low. And when that came out, you had the, the shirt colorway, so to speak. We've also seen the split colorway as well. And the shirt came in black with a split check mark. And those are going for $360 to $450 on the resale market. Or you look at their first Comme des Garcons or CDG collaboration that came out in spring, summer of 2017, which was that white or black model with the eyes on the heel. And those can be seen anywhere from $800 to $950. So they definitely hit the mark with those lows. In addition, they've gone and collaborated with the NBA and Nike for the Air Force One, where you got the mids in black and white. And those are going for $350 to $400. Those came out in spring and summer of 2018. And so as of recent, they've been fairly successful. And if you go further back, right? We look at the Supreme Nike Air Force One High, the world famous that came out in 2014, fall and winter. 
That was in the red, the black, and the white colorway. And those hit markets and resold and were all over social media for $700 to $900 on aftermarket prices. And so, as you can see, with these higher aftermarket prices, the demand was definitely there that people are willing to spend upwards of a stack on these sneakers. However, this recent release definitely has people's in their feelings. And that may be because they took the traditional black low and white low and really didn't change anything. And so what they did was on the heel on the outside, they debossed the box logo Supreme. So the red and white logo, the box logo on the lateral of the shoe in one spot, kept the rest 100% the same. All white with white laces. They did on the tongue add the Supreme name, but didn't put any extra color. They did say that they're going to offer additional laces. So you could get red laces with the white pair that have white Supreme text on them. Or with a black pair, you'd get another set of black laces with white Supreme text on there. And so very, very minimal on what's being done. And it's making people ask, is it lazy? Is there no effort? Was it last minute? And to me personally, I think there was something, I don't know, they're trying to achieve something and it didn't come through the way they were expecting, right? Even if they would have just changed the outsole to the Supreme Red or put the Supreme box logo on the tongue tab or maybe the heel tab um, or change the air to say Supreme, still something very minimal, but the way that that DBOSS logo, so DBOSS being pressed in, embossed being raised, that DBOSS logo looks like a very inexpensive and cheap way of doing something. But to their benefit, right, you don't want to mess up the Nike Air Force One, especially in this scale when you're dealing with the classic colorways. And I mean, there's been hundreds, thousands of colorways, some that have been god awful and some that are hit, right? You look at the linen Air Force Ones, very minimal, not a whole lot of change, just simple color blocking. And then you look at the Easters, a little bit different, gave it a little bit of patent leather, and people love those. And there's a huge variety of Air Force Ones that people love. But you also see things that are trying to do too much and ruining the silhouette. And finding that balance can be difficult. But I think in this case, Supreme has dropped the ball a little bit, especially when you're comparing to those previous releases. Because, I mean, we talk about Comme des Garcons. At least that changed the logo a little bit, split it up, similar to the t-shirt. They added the Comme des Garcons eyes on the heel on one model. Even the Air Force One highs from 2014, you saw some different colors, stronger world-famous branding on the strap. You saw that supreme touch, but this doesn't feel like the supreme touch. Even if you go further back to their very first Air Force One collaboration, right? Nike and Supreme have worked together quite a bit. And for this, I'm only looking at the Air Force One models that they've done. But if we go all the way back to the fall and winter of 2012, they released three colors. You had the olive 
we had black, and we had camo. And this camo up or canvas upper. And then it had the supreme tag hanging off the heel. They did a slightly different colorway, a slightly different material, still out of the supreme logo, and gave it its own vibe. And maybe that's the problem here, is when you pick something so traditional and classic, that it's always going to be attached with that nostalgia and memory you have of seeing it when you go into Champs or Foot Locker on the shelf and grabbing your all whites or your all blacks. But now it just looks like a sticker has been placed on the heel. I mean, in the same regards, right? If they took the Air Jordan 1 and just put Supreme on the heel, it may look a little bit cheap because you're looking at the Air Jordan 1, we'll say Chicago, for everything you know it is. It's already a hit. It's already classic. It's already super minimal. It gets it done. This association with the classic colorways of the Air Force One Low, especially in New York of all places, just seemed like it may have been a little bit of a low effort. On the other side, the rumored price is going to be around $96 before tax. Maybe that jumps to $110. But at that price point, I think it's reasonable because you're not raising or increasing that price drastically for being on Supreme as you see they do with other models, you know, toolboxes, pinball machines, pliers, bricks, whatever that fun accessory they do is where they jack the price up. Here we're seeing a relatively normal price. And the other thing that's been rumored is that the quantity is a lot higher and grander than it has been in the past. So more people will have the ability to grab this pair. And I think for those who really like this pair and enjoy it, it gives them a better chance to grab the shoe. Doesn't mean the design's great, but it gives that accessibility. You know, if they would have came out with this leaked, uh, or this idea posted out there, and then the price comes out and it was 180 bucks, $160, you could have paid someone just to paint or bought a sticker to put on here that would look similar. And that's the problem. I don't think it's necessarily how it was done. I think the problem is it's just the nostalgia of the classic Air Force One and all white and all black that no one has ever really messed with um, to try a different take on it, but keep, you know, 80, 90, 95% of it the same makes it very difficult. Because in some regards, you know, you look at other all white Air Force Ones and Things have remained pretty consistent. You know, John Elliott did his, added some different textures, some different materials. We've seen ones like Acronym that have added a zipper. And we've seen other colors like the Rockefeller joints, right? A little black stamp on the heel. And if you know what those look like, imagine switching out that with the red Supreme box logo. And maybe if it was black and white, but the way the red pops just hasn't hit in from most of the comments I've seen on social media, different forms, different threads, articles, a lot of people are more leaning towards the lazy side. However, I do think Supreme has done a nice job from what we tell so far to balance it out with raising the quantity, keeping the price relatively fair and not gouging the consumer. And that's my thought on the Supreme Nike. You know, in terms of where I'd list it compared to you know, the 2018 Comme de Garçons, the 2018 NBA Mids, 2017 Comme de Garçons, 2017 Nike 
SB Air Force 2 pack, which was the black, yellow, blue, and orange, the Supreme and Nike Air Force 1 high, red, black, and white, the Supreme Air Force 1 lows in the olive, black, and camo. This upcoming 2020 release may be at the bottom of the list for me personally. Will I be trying to purchase these? No. I'm sure a ton of people will and try to resell them, but I don't think it's going to hit that mark or hit that need as it is just too similar to a pair you could grab off the shelf. And overall, that's my thoughts on the Supreme and Nike Air Force One collaboration. Up next, we're going to have a little bit of cool content and break down the Foot Locker Flex Rewards program that was recently released over All-Star Weekend and dive into that. But before we take a look at that, let's take a quick break. If you like what you've heard so far, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram at keeping stock and Twitter at keeping underscore stock. Further, social media is always found in the show notes and other cool things that are going on with the Keeping Stock podcast. But the best place to find that is going to be following us on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. So over All-Star Weekend, Foot Locker Incorporated released the Foot Locker Flex Rewards Plan and... Foot Locker Incorporated houses Foot Locker, Champs, Lady Foot Locker, Foot Action, and East Bay. And the biggest problem they had in the past, being someone that worked in the retail space, was all of their rewards programs were separate. So if your mall had a Foot Locker, a Champs, and a Foot Action, and you had a reward at Foot Locker, you couldn't previously use it at Champs, couldn't previously use it at Foot Action or um, Lady Foot Locker or whatever it was. And... That just never made sense because all the money was going to the same pot. So Foot Locker has finally decided to roll that all into one program called Flex Rewards and roll it out during All-Star Weekend, which was a very, very big risk and it was very, very confusing. One, you're releasing a completely new program on one of the busiest sneaker days or weekends of the year outside of Black Friday and, so, you know, two weeks before Christmas. And you're also releasing it alongside the off-white Jordan 5 or Yeezy Quantum Basketball that already has a huge demand in the beginning of tax season. And so what happened is they did launch this program and people who had rewards saved up for head starts or $10, $20 off their next purchase lost those rewards. And the claim for the Foot Locker Flex program was you know, for every dollar you spend, you get a hundred points and there is three levels. So spend about under $300, you're in level one. So that's going to give you a certain head start and certain head wards. You spend $300 to $500, you get a better set of head starts and rewards. And then above $500, top of the line, best head starts, best rewards um, for upcoming sneakers and footlocker related gear and whatnot. So when they launched this, alongside a huge demand, servers crashed, people lost their rewards, people were freaking out, you know, the procedures to grab sneakers were completely different, and a great idea released at the wrong time. And I think the big benefit here is moving forward now that that release is in the past and all those errors are out, Foot Locker has sent out emails to people on these rewards program. So you may check your junk email if you did sign up or your spam or the email that you signed up with that you may never check. They're sending out 
rewards for people they might have missed or for messing up this program. One of the cool things I think about this program is it doesn't always pertain to just those stores. It looks like in the future they're going to add gifts for Xboxes and headphones and video games, movies, trips, special events, special access, this, that, and a third, which could be really beneficial. In addition, they are giving free shipping, which they're claiming as a reward, but everywhere is already pretty much doing free shipping. So it's just kind of packaging in there to make it sound a little bit nicer than it is. Um, and I think overall it's beneficial to their business model to have that cross intersection of your customer base. So that way if someone does buy the last size 12 Jordan one at Foot Locker and ends up getting a $20 coupon and then they find a t-shirt at Champs, you know, a couple days when it's activated, they buy it there in their back end store. That way you're creating returning customers, customer lifetime value, and you're making it easy to apply these rewards online. So if someone does find something at their Foot Locker and then goes online and goes to East Bay, they can apply this reward without going through a bunch of obstacles and hoops and whatnot to get that 10 or $15 off. So I think in the long run, it's beneficial. However, I think the way they launched it was just not an appropriate time to launch a brand new program during one of the busiest, most hyped times of the year, because you're going to get a lot of angry customers, a lot more demand, and it's going to go all around the internet, which it kind of did, kind of got some blowback. But moving forward, I do think it will help out the sneaker community. And so in regards to some personal cool content I saw this week, I started The Outsider on HBO uh, with a couple episodes directed by Jason Bateman. If you aren't familiar with Jason Bateman, um, you may have seen him in Ozarks. You may have seen him in Arrested Development. Um, and this is more of a adult TV show, thriller, um, television adaptation of a Stephen King book. I think it does a great job of creating tension, an environment, and a puzzling storyline if you aren't familiar with the book, which I wasn't. And I've enjoyed it. You know, the episodes are about an hour, hour and five minutes long. I love the way it's shot. They take some fantastic cinematic angles and transitions and camera work, um, along with the acting and the story being told uh, and the utilization of color in the show is phenomenal. Further, after watching All-Star Weekend, I really enjoyed the form the new format. I was a little hesitant. It seemed super confusing, but it did make things a lot more competitive, quarter to quarter, raising money for charities. It's taking away a lot of that downtime. It's making that fourth quarter even more competitive for an extra hundred or two hundred thousand dollars. And that's why you see Team LeBron fight so much harder to come back and give their charity $300,000. And think about that. I mean, at an all-star game to feel that pressure that Anthony Davis did at the free throw line in his hometown to make one free throw to win and give hundreds of kids an opportunity to better themselves, a great pressure cooker. It had that finals atmosphere, extremely competitive, put someone in a position they normally wouldn't be in because think about it. If you got up to the line and you have the opportunity to shoot one free throw or two free throws for $300,000, 
you're going to feel a little bit of added pressure as opposed to at the end of the game shooting a free throw that doesn't mean anything, right? And so I hope they carry that over at least to make it more competitive where you're seeing the best pickup game in the world with the best players in the world. And staying on that basketball note, uh, as I'm recording this, the Lakers just waved DeMarcus Cousins. Um, it seemed to be a pretty big shock to a lot of uh, the internet and to mainly everyone why they would do so. But I think in their position, it's you want to have the ability to bring on someone who can contribute in the playoffs because as great as it would be to try next year, that's never guaranteed. So taking the opportunity now to put yourself in the best position and remove an inactive player from the roster to bring in a player who can give you some minutes or give you some grit or some veteran experience is beneficial, right? People are saying, why don't you get rid of X, Y, and Z? Well, realistically, DeMarcus Cousins wasn't coming back this season. I love DeMarcus Cousins. He's hard-nosed. He grinds. He plays the game, does the dirty work. However, right now, he's not contributing because of an unfortunate injury. So overall, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers sign him again this summer once he is healthy or if he signs with another contender. It's just right now for the Lakers, it's a very big season. They're number one. Obviously, tragic events have happened. Could be LeBron's final chance. Could be AD's first chance. You don't ever want to waste a year in the NBA. And the Lakers are doing everything not to do so. And with all the cool content being aside now, coming to the final portion of the show, the upcoming sneaker releases. And we're going to be looking at the 24th of February through the 1st of March. There's a lot of rumored sneakers to come out during this week. However, I'm just going to stay with what has been confirmed to an extent to release on those dates. And so we're going to start with the Nike Blazer. And this Nike Blazer comes in mid, comes in mid. It's going to be the Nike Blazer mid in light patina and dark patina. So the light patina is going to be a white with a patina swoosh and heel tab, while dark patina is going to be mainly a, a dark blackish color. Those come out on the 24th. On the 27th, we see the Stella McCartney Adidas Ultra Boost 2020 in active orange. We see the Solar Red Adidas Donovan Mitchell 1. And I think this line hasn't lived up to the hype at all. I haven't seen very many people talk about it. I haven't seen very many colorways pop up that seem, you know, a reasonable colorway to wear off the court. It's definitely an on-court model. Um, and that's a great thing. It's just interesting to see where the Donovan Mitchell line goes from here after the, I think, below expected results from the line. That comes out on the 28th. On the 20, further in the 28th, we see the Nike Kyrie 6 in vast gray and blue. Another Kyrie 6 colorway. He's down for a season-ended surgery, and they just continue to blast through colorways. It's a great shoe. I wear it off the court and on the court for rec league, and I think it's a great performing shoe. However, the variety of colors that have come out has been far above what has been needed, in my opinion. We also will see the Nike LeBron 17 Low Tune Squad. Uh, I think this would have been a cool shoe to see in the movie. I don't understand why they're rolling out 
the colorways before the movie. And I hope I'm wrong that a completely different sneaker, the LeBron 18 or LeBron 19, whenever that movie comes out, is what's in the movie. That's the first time we've seen it, like the Space Jam 11. That is why that black and white and Concord colorway was so phenomenal, is because it wasn't the main story. It just was there. And Jordan dunked from half court. It wasn't, oh, we built this movie to show off the shoes. We built this movie and then we added an Easter egg. Here's a cool pair of shoes. As it feels like the second Space Jam so far with its advertising from Nike is, we know you guys want a movie and we know you want a shoe. So we're pushing the shoe really hard. Um, it's cool. It's got like Bugs Bunny fur on the swoosh. It's got uh, blue around the midsole, red around the Air Max on the heel, and then a white upper. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's cool. It's just a little much. Um, and I wish it would have been revealed at a different time or maybe in the movie. We also see the Nike Air Fear of God string or the question coming out on 28th. Um, another great colorway, another great color blocking of the silhouette. Something I'll be trying to go after. Uh, maybe my favorite colorway so far by, besides the original black um, colorway. And actually, now that I think about it, I take that back. My favorite color is the oatmeal color. Um, and then this, the question colorway. We will also see the Adidas 700 in orange. This reminds me of a NASCAR sneaker. It's bright orange with lettering strapped onto the side 700. Um, 700 models had its highs and had its lows so far, but I think it's nice to see other models coming out and then continuing to pump through V2s of the 350. We'll also see the Reebok Answer 5 Bethel High. Uh, that's a pass for me. My Reebok continues to push Allen Iverson in the Answer. However, I wish they would at least try to branch out and do a new sneaker model or something modern instead of just continuously playing through these Allen Iverson models as great as they are. It is kind of losing that nostalgia and memorabilia for me personally as it just is kind of beating a dead horse, so to speak. Then we will see the Jordan 1 High OG in the pine green. Um, great colorway. Nothing, not a lot to say here. Uh, I think if you're into this pine green, I think you'll enjoy it. I mean, it's essentially a royal, but with green or a black and red, but with green essentially. So uh, it's definitely something that can be worn with multiple outfits. And it looks relatively similar to the shadows in terms of quality. So I think it's something people will enjoy. But the big release next week will be the Travis Scott Nike SB Dunk Low. And that has been on the timeline forever. Um, it's going to come out for 150 bucks. It's got the paisley. It's got the cream upper, the tearaway on the toe, the elephant print under. Uh, and Travis's foray into Nike SB. Um, and if you are interested in Travis sneakers, go check out the previous an episode a little while back on Travis Scott's hype. Is it rising? Is it dying? And I think the SB is a great shoe. I'm going to try for it. If I do get it, maybe do a lace swap, but definitely something I'm going to wear as opposed to try to potentially sell. And that's going to be the sneaker releases for the week. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you do like the episode, come back next week. 
as we do have a guest interview. And make sure to subscribe, rate, or follow on your favorite platform so that you are notified when that episode goes live. I appreciate your guys' time, and I hope you enjoy your week.